bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old man Grognard here. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing relatively well, except I don't have a game for the next week. Games will have a game, but I won't. He'll have a Sunday game. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's been a while. We've been doing a lot of canceling, but you know, I you expect that. I expect that at the holidays, so I should kind of get used to it. I should just work on my own game. Really. That's what I want to talk about, working on my own game on my downtime. Sort of. I want to talk about what happens when you take the magic away. If you play a genre other than fantasy, or if you play a really, really low fantasy game that doesn't have very much magic at all, or hardly any, but mostly it's about other genres. And I made a major shift in my campaigning from from D&D to Gangbusters BX. I mean, you know, or Swords and Wizardry, whatever, what have you, the, the class level fantasy systems. Because I just wanted a fresh start. And I will talk more about that after this. So, I decided to go full-on Gangbusters BX. Mainly because I needed something different. And I just want to put this game through its paces. And see how well it works. Like my friend Carlos with Astonishing Swordsman, I want to see if I can push this, see how how much I can get out of it. Which is a good thing. I think you should do that every once in a while. Just change up genres. And what do you do when you take the magic away? Because magic seems to be like the featured thing in fantasy games. And it, it gives the game a lot of its flavor, a lot of big, but because you got to understand it's it's magic, so you know it's going to give it some flavor. You can't keep chopping away at things all the time, although you do in other genres. But what I mean is, do you ever find yourself doing another genre of role playing game and put it either putting in or the game has something the equivalent of a magic system, a la post apocalyptic? There's the mutations. People like to play mutants. It is very hard, almost impossible, to get anybody to play a pure human anymore. In Gamma World, Mutant Future, what have you. Because you have the mutant mutation lottery. And believe me, if you think if you think D D and those kind of games are too powerful with the spells. And you never played post-apocalyptic. Oh boy, if you are you in for a are you in for a wake-up call? Because these mutations are so popular. I understand now. When I first played Gamma World and Mutant Future, well, Mutant Future, when I when I started playing post-apocalyptic, I couldn't understand why everybody had so many hit points out the gate. I it's because you have one hit each each. Um, each class, race, whatever you want. There's only one. There's no... It's, you know, pure strain, mutants, mutant animals, mutant plants. 
if you're playing Mutant Future, you've got cyborgs and other droids and other things like that. But each one has a different hit die, but they all have one hit die per con point in, in hit dice. In each, that's one hit die per con, per con point, and that's a lot of hit dice. Even if you've got like a con of, say, 9 or 10, that's still a lot of hit points. But then I looked at like the monster section and the mutation. It's almost like you got all these hit points and then you put the mutations on top of them. And it's like, why are we, I feel like we're playing superheroes. Could be. You know, maybe we're playing X-Men or something. But then I look at the monsters and I'm going, okay, they've jacked the monsters up. And a lot of them have more special abilities than I've ever seen. And so I can understand why they have all the hit points. Also, the the characters don't advance as fast as, like, say, D&D. So that's a substitution for magic. Other, other games like sci-fi, it's the tech. Actually, it's a combination of the tech and alien races who have alien abilities. And those kind of substitute for magic. But have you ever had a game where you don't, you don't have to deal with magic? Like gangbusters, you know, you've got, it's it's a certain genre, and while you do have an option of doing the mystic type magic, the supernatural stuff, at the same time, you, you've got guns, you've got weapons, you've got things like that, and you, to me, you really, you don't need magic, but to a lot of people, magic is a big draw. So they play Dungeons and Dragons. So they play Swords and Wizardry or whatever clone or, or RuneQuest or whatever. Because it's a big draw. It's also been, on the flip side, it's been kind of a pain for them during the Satanic Panic and things like that. And some people, and some, believe it or not, the Satanic Panic dies hard in some people. Like, one of the reasons I'm going to Gangbusters is my wife, who is was we live in Oklahoma she was raised in Oklahoma pretty much with those kind of values so she's asked me before can't you play something other than fantasy with all that magic and stuff and I said well yeah I guess I could I mean they have what's weird is (laughs) I've had that it's not only with her but I've had this with other people who have loved ones or something that that don't care for that kind of stuff because of the of the possible satanic connection, they'll say, "Can't you play another genre besides D and D, besides high fantasy or middle fantasy or whatever, with that, all that magic and stuff?" And some people do. I've done it. You know, I'm doing it, and it's funny because it, it, they have no problem. They have no problem with the violence in the games. I don't have a problem with the violence of games, but I was saying, you'd think they'd object to that, too. You go over to, you switch it, okay, we're going to play superheroes. Okay, fine. We're going to play post-apocalyptic with all these mutants and stuff, and around, you know, you're you're going in a world after the end, and it's all, it's all you know, deadly and all this. Oh, yeah, okay, okay fine, fine. As long as there's no magic involved. I find that slightly hilarious. But anyway, what do you do when you don't have magic to fall back on in a role-playing game, you you adjust. To me, you adjust. That's what you do. 
In fact, it makes the Game Master's job easier. Except for post-apocalyptic. But I mean, if you've got a substitute for magic in games like tech or mutations, that's fine. But if you game that doesn't have one, well, it makes your job easier because you don't have to deal with that aspect. You don't have to deal with wizards coming up with stuff you didn't think of. And it also makes the players think more. It makes the players think more out of the box. It makes them more a little more tactical on the field. And things like that. They rely more on their abilities and their weapons and their equipment. Because that's the closest thing you're going to get from Magic in some of these games is your equipment. A la what I'm playing, Gangbusters BX, a la Star Wars or White Star or any other stars without number, any other sci-fi game, you rely on the tech and alien abilities if you're playing aliens. But the alien abilities aren't as... See, to me, the alien alien abilities in sci-fi games are more locked in. You have a certain species, and they do this naturally. It's, It's like having a class... Or it's like having a class or a race in D and D where, like class abilities. It's like class abilities where you. That's why I like class abilities better than skills. I mean, uh, better than skills in like D and D and other games like that is because they're locked in. They're locked into the class, and this is the case if you're playing an alien race. It's locked into the race. You can do these things. Period. So. It, it it makes it a lot more manageable. And post-apocalyptic is just a grab bag, and it can be a nightmare. My advice to anybody who's running post-apocalyptic is always try and keep a try and keep a lid on the mutations. Try and try and manage them. Look over those lists, say, okay, I'm gonna allow this, but I'm not gonna allow that, type of thing. So or this doesn't exist in my world, or something like that. you got to keep a lock on it, because otherwise they can scuttle your game faster than anything I know. And, you know, to me, I like post-apocalyptic, but it just takes a little more, it takes a lot more effort to make it work without character, especially if they're rolling right there at the table at, like, session zero or a con or something, and they come up with these god-awful things, and it's like, oh, my God. So, you know, when you're, when you're not used dealing with magic, it makes the game easier. And it makes the game more challenging to the player characters, which is always a good thing, which makes a better story. So, go ahead, take that. You can talk to me about it if you want later, but i got to go start my day. So, so, if you want to talk to me about that or anything else, oldmangrognar.gmail.com or drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would really appreciate it. And thanks again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, and Dan for supporting me. And don't forget Dan Craig's Jung, Y-U-N-G, Grognard podcast, and Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Owlbear podcast right here on Anchor. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.